Welcome back to the Backlog Breakdown. I'm Josh Broccolo, your your co-host for today and every day. And with me, I have... I'm Nate. Nate. Um, PA Nate. PA Nate. Um, Nate McKeever. Dude, I, I really, today, I was actually thinking about your name, mm-hmm. and I wanted to w- find a way to work like bro into it. Okay, And yeah. it's right there, but it would totally yeah. throw off, it, it throws off the, the metrics. So mm-hmm. I was like, I can't, I can't do that. But, um, I mean, one I'm of these days, I'm sure you can, if you want to, <laughs> we can make it. But, um, how you doing today, man? I, I'm doing pretty good. I've, I've had a nice couple of weeks, you know, it's, it's funny doing this every two weeks, um, because I feel like so much has happened in the past two weeks that I'm like, I don't even remember who I was two weeks ago. <laughs> Not really, but, um, uh, maybe it's just, maybe it's just where I'm at in life. Cause things at work have slowed down. Like I, like I'd mentioned last time school had just let out. And so now I've had a couple weeks off from school. And so life just seems to go a little bit slower and I'm actually able to get some, uh, stuff around the house done, which is really nice. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just, uh, you know, doing the mail thing, had a, had a, had a week of really nice weather. And then, Ooh. and I feel like such an old man because I, I, I've realized that like the last, like all three of our episodes, I have talked about the weather, <laughs> uh, but, uh, I got rained on today for a little bit and Ooh. that kind of put me in a bad mood, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, I, I can't really complain. I've been on a whiskey sour kick lately. Hey. So, uh, been sort of enjoying those, um, I would not say too much, you know, but there is a strong chance that I am, you know, fueled by whiskey sours tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> I like it. I apologize in advance for any shenanigans. <laughs> well, if if my weller has anything to say about it, Ooh. then uh we'll we'll see what happens. But that's totally a, a great alternate title, by the way. Fueled by whiskey sours. <laughs> um <laughs> I can't even you like you threw me off there man like um, Sorry. I wasn't even thinking about that but uh, since we're on the topic I did say last week that I would do like a little bit of homework and find out what I drank oh yes that scotch and I had it and I'm pretty sure I had it written down but now I can't find it but I'm pretty sure it was Glenfiddich 21 ooh Aged in cask rum or uh, rum casks. Oh man! Let's see if I can find the yes, Glenfiddich twenty-one year Scotch whiskey, aged in rum casks. Wow, it's it's expensive. <laughs> very nice to drink. Um, yeah, and I think what I smoked, I smoked a couple cigars. I smoked three that night. And so I had the CAO that I don't remember what it was, but then I had a Rocky Patel decade, which is one of my personal favorites. And then an Alec Bradley, um, Prensado, which is another one of my favorites. Like I'll smoke both of those down to like the point where I'm burning my fingers. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Uh, so that was like my little bit of homework there. Nice. Um, Nice. You know, uh, did a little bit of traveling over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I uh, this last weekend I went to DC and hung out with some old roommates. Um, did a lot of like 
walking around museums, which was cool. Uh, saw a lot of old stuff. Did get to see uh, the the actual the Star Spangled Banner, like the one that the song was written about. Oh wow! And, uh, uh, things like huge. And <laughs> it was even bigger before. Apparently, they started like cutting pieces out of it um, as like mementos and keepsakes and stuff. But um, that was that was kind of nice. cool. Um, went through. If if anybody's ever in Washington D.C., I totally recommend. It's like it's like twenty five bucks or something like that. But there's this thing called a museum. Um, that's N E W S E U M. Okay. And it's a museum of print media and like news in general and like a it's like a freedom of speech kind of thing. Uh, it's it's legit. Like they're like, oh, it'll take two days to go through the whole thing. And I'm like, mm. yeah, if you read everything and <laughs> watch all the little videos and. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> just kidding. Sorry, I don't know why why I said that. That's because it's funny. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, but uh, nice. how about you, man? I mean, I I know we sort of like. Uh, well, I guess I guess I already asked you that, so I'd just be you know. You can fill us fill us in a little bit more, or yeah. we can just move on to the backlog report. Well, you did mention actually something, uh, just a, a clarification or from last week, and I wanted to give a clarification as I was going back over the previous episode, and, and I I said something that may have been taken wrongly, and so I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> um, I said that I'd be perfectly fine if I never bought another video game, and what I meant by that, I, I'm just hoping that everyone understood. I didn't mean I am never going to buy another video game. That's not at all what I was saying, <laughs> as as we'll get to uh, later on in the podcast. Um, but I was I was just saying that I don't need like with what I have right now, I would be fine for the rest of my days to play through the catalog. Since uh, last episode, I think I've let you uh, peek at the old Excel sheet. <laughs> I saw the Excel sheet. It's impressive. Through it, um, it is. I had also mentioned it. I had, had given a, a a number. I had thrown out a number of how many uh, instances of games there are, and I do have to clarify that that those are including games that I've already beaten. Like that's total collection, including Steam, including games I've beaten, including. I do have some doubles because Steam and Origin and things like yeah. that. Um, I was gonna say, dude, I did notice like. I can't remember where it was, but I did notice like you had like a couple where it was like you, you had two or three entries for the same game for like mm-hmm. different platforms or whatever. And I was like, well, you can't. I mean, you can count that. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's more for my cataloging purposes. When and if I get around to that game, I know where to go to get to it. Not necessarily yeah. uh, to stroke my ego that I have so many games. <laughs> Because it's this, you know, especially with this podcast, it's in a weird place where part of me is very proud and part of me is a little ashamed. So I don't even know where to go with that. Ask me tomorrow and I'll say something different. You know, it goes back and well, forth. I think I think just to sort of like, you know, to, to encourage you a little bit, I think too, even, and you, you, you mentioned it, but I think even the way you sort of approach the, the mentality you approach with that is saying like, you know, I do have all these games. And so you're very like, I think one of the things you said is like, you know, I will lend this stuff out to people. It's there for my kids and posterity. Mm -hmm. And it's like, 
you know, it'd be one thing if like you were sitting on seven hundred plus games and you're like, they're mine. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's the precious, the precious, right. and like you know, being kind of like freaky and golem ish. But I mean, the reality is, you're saying like, no, part of this exists for the benefit of other people too, mm-hmm. which is kind of a cool thing. So yeah, I mean, you've got like your own little lending library. Yeah, I'm jealous. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It that can happen that is a thing um and that's dude we're already already starting to bring up all these topics and i'm just like man we could we could go on with this because because there are other um well i don't even know if i want to go down that road but the there i i will just tease out because it's on our list of topics is like the reason that you play certain games basically like single player versus multiplayer and the reason Mm. why you get uh, different games so you know I do have like party games for mm-hmm. when people come over you know I actually just recently invested in another one that uh, turned out to be way more difficult than I expected but uh, we can we we can talk about that oh I know about this one this is the one you told me about right uh no no actually this one I just picked up yesterday oh yeah okay. no, I've, I've, so. I've gotten two pickups since Two weeks ago, and neither of them are the uh, are the one that that my heart really <laughs> desires. Um, <laughs> but um, that's that's Octopath Traveler. In case you haven't been listening, because you weren't listening to the last episode, we're talking really about wanted that Octopath Traveler. Yeah, that's that's really, where really wanted it. Yeah, um, and there there's so many. Re- I mean, I'm very good at justifying purchases, and there are lots of. Re- I mean, I think it's published by Nintendo. Uh, it's a JRPG. I think this game is going to hold its value. But uh, anyways, have not gotten it yet. We'll we'll see. I cannot I make the same claim. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I did. Uh, my wife and I talked about it. And uh, I got, there was that, it was a deal on Amazon. Yes. And uh, I was like, well, you know, it's like saving like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. And um Yeah. You know, the only part was then I had my little bit of like Amazon didn't actually give it to the post office right away. They they used uh, UPS, and so I had a little bit of a meltdown there because mm-hmm. I was like, it, you know, it delayed it getting into my hands, and you know, I'm not super patient. So, <laughs> well, it, I mean, it is kind of strange when you've purchased a game before anyone else, you have your pre-order, and then everyone else is playing it, and you're just waiting on whatever i was gonna say the mail carrier but i mean no offense good sir i just mean whoever (laughs) has it in their um in their hands at that moment that thread in trg by the way actually blew up man there was a lot of me going well actually yeah (laughs) and i was after a while i just turned off comments because i was like i'm not going to keep repeating myself um (laughs) And there was some, there was some good pushback. There was some stuff where I was just like, you know, and, and part of it was too, is like, I was kind of being facetious and sort of like, um, come on. Yeah, there we go. I was, <laughs> I was trying to be funny kind of. And like, yeah. you know, and I thought like the, the like short rant thing would sort of cue people in mm-hmm. that. And I yeah. guess I could have been a little more explicit in that, but. Um, it was meant to be sort of like a more humorous post. And then it was like, all of a sudden it was like, Whoa! you know, and, uh, oh, okay. 
Yeah, people people don't like the post office. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, you poke the hornet's nest of libertarianism, and and there's lots of people who will who are just like waiting for that conversation to drop. And don't get me wrong, I lean libertarian as well. Um, I yeah. am just I am admittedly not very well versed in everything that that entails. I just as I get older, I've noticed uh, less government is better. That's 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 the core of my libertarianism so to to avoid getting too political what i will say is i probably i started out probably pretty radically libertarian years ago okay and as i've gotten older i i sort of fall more into the lines of what um dave rubin would call a classic liberal okay um, where i am very much in like sort of minimalist in government but I also think that some sort of social infrastructure isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of bloat in Washington. Mm-hmm. Just but, a little. But Sorry. yeah. Um, no, I mean, but it's, it's like one of the things, it's, it's just like I think like sometimes um, libertarianism as a philosophy isn't very practical. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of it does hinge on some really big ifs. Mm-hmm. And... Well, I would say that I think for the most part it is is the best possible out of all the the ideologies. Mm-hmm. I think it is the least practical. Yeah. So. Well, um, and that's the th- gosh, we're talking politics. I was going to say that's the thing with Josh and Right. Okay. Now here's your junior level politics with Josh. Um, is just that that even um, even reading other, I, I read Karl Marx in in college, and he has honestly, my thoughts is he has a lot of good things to say. It's that he assumes that people are good. Um, yeah. So on paper, on paper, his ideas are good, um, but they don't work out in humanity because humanity screwed up, uh, and and we would say it's because of the fall. You know, I'm not saying that to say, oh, people suck, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I suck too, okay? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying anyone else out there. I'm saying that we are it's, broken well, people. I, I, and, so. I'll say it. It's everybody but me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's why you're a that's mail a carrier. <laughs> that's a joke. Relax. Relax. But the real question, is taxation theft? Okay, so the backlog report. Let's... Uh, and this part of the cast is where we talk about our particular backlog entries that we've tackled, progress we've made, and thought so far, etc. In my case, it's progress I didn't really make. All right. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, then in that case, I'm going to sprinkle some in. I'll let you jump in where you want because you're going to have to rein me in, please. Because there are some things that I have a lot of thoughts on, so and, and you know my tendency to ramble. Um, the first thing I'm if list- you're asking me to stop you from talking. <laughs> well, we- and so the one that I'm most afraid of is journey. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stop myself. And but the thing is, I know you are an artiste, and so I'm assuming that you're going to have a lot of thoughts on that as well. So I'm a little afraid. That uh, most of this podcast. Let's, let's is tuck be that one journey. into the, the the back end, and okay. we'll kind of um, shoehorn it in this sort of try to. Uh, yeah, we'll try okay. to just sort of keep be mindful of that stuff. So nice. 
Okay, well, uh, finished up Zelda. I'm pretty much same place as I have been for the past couple weeks. Fantastic game. Um, it, I, I, if there were any critiques, I'd say maybe some of the items were a little towards the end of the game. They were um, like they were level ups of previous items, so they weren't quite as inventive as some of the other Zeldas. But still, awesome game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sad that it took so long to play through it. And now I need to play the other one, the Oracle of Seasons. Yeah, because that was ages. Um, so that was a great time. Then I played that game um, that we'll talk about later. So um, it, this, all, this all has to do with Octopath Traveler, okay? Is that while Prime Day was going on, while these sales were going on, while I was very tempted to jump on it, I, I once again reminded myself what we talked about last time, that I have a lot of other games. And so um, I decided to scratch that JRPG itch with another JRPG. And uh, it was a toss-up between either Bravely Default, the sec- or excuse me, Bravely Second, or another one of the Shin Megami Tensei games. And I decided to go that route and jumped into a DS game, uh, Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey. I know that's a fantastic. That's the reboot title. of the first one, right? Uh, no, no, this one is different. They recently re-released it on 3DS. Um, they, yeah, it's it's Strange Journey Redux. It just came out like okay. a, a month or two ago. Actually, that's probably not how you pronounce it, but it's like one of those faux French words. Um, but anyways, yeah. So so this was on DS. This one during I I read up on it and during while it was being made. Atlas, um, after they kind of saw how the game was coming along, suggested that it would actually be Shin Megami Tensei 4, because even though it was on DS, like it was such a meaty game, that they were like, this could totally be a main series entry, like it doesn't have to be a spinoff, but the, the creators of the game were like kind of intimidated by that prospect and decided just to keep it as a side story. Um... And I'm really digging it. You know, like I said before, I really enjoy the series in general. Um, I get why. I understand if if you are convicted about the series in general and don't want to play it because you're literally like the main mechanic is that you are negotiating with and summoning demons through different computer programs. So I get why that's kind of like toeing the line there. Uh, we if you want to discuss that. Well, do they use, uh, I, I just have like a, a bit of a, like a brief sort of like question interjection yeah. here. Do they use the terminology demon? Because I know in the persona games, they label them as personas, mm-hmm. which is that whole, um, Carl, uh, young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the young yeah. philosophy stuff, uh, where he's like, so, it, but they actually call these ones like demons then. Or? Yep. They do in this game. Now, they call mm. angels demons. They call any kind of mythological creature a demon. So, like, Ares is in it, the god of war in Greek mythology. Or is it Roman? No, Roman is uh, Mars. I don't know. Regardless. Um, Ares and Mars are, like, the Greek right. and Roman. Same thing. I just don't remember yeah. which is which. Thor's in it. Odin's in it. Um, it's so different myth. Like, it's a lot of myths kind of put together. Um, and they call just all of them demons. Now, my assumption is that it's it's kind of like a Japanese to English translation thing because Japanese have, um, at least from my limited understanding, 
is they have this term oni that kind of applies to monster or demon or kind of this this larger kind of pantheon of just kind of monsters. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that this is because the term is used so widely because there are literally like angels in the game that they just term demons. Um, it it's kind of it kind of blurs that line. So mm. so. That, yeah. I say all that not not. I hope I don't f- sound defensive, but uh, just in my own kind of like viewing the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like you know that's that's definitely an area where we just need to sort of say it's it's that's that's a gray area. Mm-hmm. And if that's again like you know if, if that's something where an individual would not feel comfortable or would be convicted right. there, you know. But like the thing is, it's a piece of fiction right so this is not and and i guess you know this is coming from a guy who you know and and again i guess i would say take all this with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. i'm a dude who used to play D D in high school mm-hmm. and you know post high school so mm-hmm. and that was like in the the you know a little after the heyday of the satanic panic stuff right uh, but you know there was such like a knee jerk, like, Oh, demons and wizards mm-hmm. and magic. And, blah. And, and I just think that, um, uh, I don't know. I, I think like, Hey, like I said, my thing is if, if you, if, if an individual would feel convicted playing this, mm-hmm. then by all means don't play it. Totally. Um, but I don't think it's like, Oh, well this is like the mechanic. It's not actually pushing you to engage in occultism or right. anything like that. So, it's kind of like it's 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 gray. I think it's morally neutral, and it's it's more of like a vehicle for. I would just sort of say like, you know, offering not offering up a justification or anything, but just saying like it's just it's the vehicle for the narrative. Like and right, it. and and I think what you had mentioned with the whole Jungian philosophy thing is a big um, part of a lot of the series, at least a lot of the series that I've played as well because uh, like in the persona series a lot of it has to do with the actions of humanity kind of like causing these things to come about and so um it it gives you a lot of choice and and the stories usually end up kind of being about how like well we're we're here like the demons are here because of how humanity is acting like they have subconsciously created these entities and things like that. So, so you're right. It is. It's definitely a part of the narrative of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I think it's a good caution as well. Um, I was jokingly going to say that this is a, this is the game that people were actually thinking that Pokemon was. You know, when that <laughs> when that like it's Satanic Panic, where oh, you have these demon these monsters that you summon and then you bring them back to you, and and they're demons that you're summon. No. Like that's actually what's happening in this game. No, this this is, one's like yeah, no, that that's that's yeah. <laughs> like no, this is actually the one you were thinking of. Like, <laughs> right. That, the right. pocket monsters one? No, no, no. no. <laughs> that, that one's not a big deal. That one's for children. Uh but this is the grown up version <laughs> of Pokemon. Well, and these games are they're darker. I mean the stories that they tell, again, they give you a lot of choice. They usually give you multiple endings and you kind of choose what you want to do. Um the game series started out as this, the story beats were 
were basically that the world kind of ends. And so you decide what you want to do, how to recreate the world. And so you've got multiple endings for who you want to follow. And so there are, there is this law versus chaos versus neutral kind of alignment thing going on with all the different endings. Uh, So like it is definitely skewing towards an older audience. The other thing that I love about them is that they are punishing games. Um, So like I've put in probably about 15 hours so far into this one. I'm about a third of the way through the, maybe a quarter because it's a, it's, it's a long game. Um, and I've probably gotten about 15 game overs. Um, and that's for someone who's like played other games in the series. And so like, I knew what I was getting into, but it still kind of like beats me down sometimes. Um, Sounds like you need to just get good. Yeah, I definitely, (laughs) I definitely do. The one thing that frustrates me though, are instant kills, uh, instant death spells, because like the, 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 in this game, it's not that your whole party dies and then you get a game over. Like, if your protagonist in your party dies, then everyone, like, game over uh, immediately. So I'm like... like the make, well, that's I think that's, like, a kind of a mainstay of the Shimigami and the Persona mm-hmm. games. Is that the, if the main character dies, like, that's just, like, game over screen. Right. And so when you have instant death spells in the game, it's just like, come on. There's nothing I could have done, like... Unless I'm wearing, you know, protective armor against that specific spell. Yeah. It's like, there's no way around that. Anyways, uh, so that's Shin Megami Tensei. Uh, this particular game, I'm, I'm actually really enjoying the story from it. It's more of a science fiction type game. If you've okay. seen uh, uh, the recent movie Annihilation, it's a lot of that same kind of story where there's this weird, like, rift that's opening up and... Um, and overtaking in this game, it's Antarctic Antarctica and slowly in engulfing the world. And they're not sure what to do about it. So it's part annihilation. It's part, um, the uh, John Carpenter's the thing and it's part alien. So it's okay. like got this sci-fi horror vibe, which is, I, I'm, I'm really digging it so far. So, cool. um, I'll, I'll keep making progress in that, but. It is definitely scratching that JRPG itch and making it a lot easier to hold off on Octopath. <laughs> so those Fair are enough. the games for me. Uh, how about you, good sir? Um, well, I know that I said I was going to play some more Battle Chasers, and I probably mm-hmm. did play a couple hours of it, but not enough to make any serious headway. Um, so, my bad. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't really because... I didn't want to play it. It was just one of those things where it was a light week for me. And I yeah. just, there were other things that I was doing. Uh, you know, I, I, I actually got caught up on uh, nerd alert here. You know, I'm going to out myself. Mm. Uh, but I got caught up on My Hero Academia. Okay. Uh, it's an anime. So yeah. <laughs> um, that was like one of the things that I did over, over the, the last couple of weeks. Um, I did play. Uh, my buddy Parker and I have sort of been doing that online campaign co-op stuff. Yeah. And so we dumped a few hours into the division. Um, okay. But, you know, I just, it wasn't really a heavy gaming week for me. I did pick up Octopath Traveler. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said. And so I haven't touched that yet. And oh. I'm kind of trying to, I think... My my plan is to to finish Battle Chasers, 
and then roll into to Octopath. Gotcha. Um, I don't know though because Octopath Two. It's I hit this this point in RPGs, especially the the big ones, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's sort of a completionist sort of obsession kind of thing with me where i want to get all the secret weapons i want to dang all the secret bosses i want to do all the ultras like you know all i want all like i, I want to roll through that game and just be like i own you yeah and um, yeah which is not necessarily like you know it's sort of like that's neither good nor bad um but a lot of times, too, what that causes is like a little bit of paralysis in me kind of thing. Okay. Where I kind of psych myself out of even finishing the game. So okay. it's like, I've got all this stuff I need to do. And I'm like, I, sh- I should just really just play the game. And, you know, where I can, if I need to, like, you know, sort of take a side path and, like, do some leveling up and stuff. That's when you go after like the secret weapons and the secret, you know, the yeah. secret, you know, uh, moves and stuff. But uh, so haven't really made any headway on Battle Chasers. A little bit. Um, played some Division. Uh, I pretty much did no reading on Good and Angry, and I okay. did not listen to uh, A Good Man Is Hard to Find because oh. I've been. I listen to, to audiobooks a good bit while I'm working mm-hmm. you know, throughout the day. And I've been listening to this. Uh, it's a trilogy called Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn by a guy named Tad Williams. And uh, it starts with the Dragonbone Chair. And then it's the Stone of Farewell is the second book. And the third one is called To Green Angel Tower. And I'm almost done with it. And there's this part of me that's like, it's just like, it's ramping up and it's getting pretty good. So I, I don't okay. want to stop. Yeah. Um, and it's I probably just need to like put it aside for a little bit, you know, listen to a good man a few times and then, you know, pick up where I left off. Because I, I actually read the books. I actually physically read the books years ago when I was okay. you know, a younger dude. I just don't remember much of them. I did, however, um uh, one of the things I, I do as well is I I read uh I, I'm in a theology reading group with some men from my church and uh Nice. It's one of the cool things my pastor does, and we uh, actually got uh, a Puritan theology, uh, Beaky, Joel Beaky, and uh, another guy wrote it. And it's a systematic theology that sort of like kind of creeps through um, just, you know, Puritan books and, and how the Puritans view different things. And so I did read chapter 13 on that for the theology group, and that was about uh, the, the Puritans' view of sin. Um, and how that worked, and it was interesting. I mean, uh, it was like one of those things where sometimes I was reading some of it, and I'm going, "Huh," and just making weird faces. You know. <laughs> okay. And, uh, it really forced me to take a step back and uh, you know think through some things because there, there's just like sometimes I. Th- and I'm going to, just a brief rabbit trail here. Is yeah. We want to sort of look at theology and say, if it doesn't have sort of a practical means or a practical end game, then we kind of sidestep it. Okay. And there's some, some theology, which doesn't have 
you know, and I'm throwing up air quotes here, but practical application. There's no way to practically apply some of uh-huh. this, this, this knowledge, but it's still good to know it and read it and learn it and wrestle with it. And, um, you know, and it just, it's, 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 it's been challenging and an experience and, and good. Um, so I did read that and, um, and we were talking a little bit about the only thing I really did actually manage to do from last week was Megan and I sat down and we tacked down our budget and we, we said, this is what it should look like. This is how we can sort of implement this. And, and so that's, you know, if, if I'm going to get one thing done from that list, yeah. that's probably the one that needed to be done. Yeah, totally. So, um, so you ready to talk about journey or nice. Want to talk about some books or yeah I've, i still feel like i have a ton of things um i will just say uh i'm really surprised when you said talking about puritans and sin because i'm just like that i feel like that would have been like an avalanche of just like <laughs> i oh, am a worm <laughs> it's and god the, the is thing amazing is, like, the actual like the actual books aside from like owens they they brought up owens stuff and mm-hmm. there was another guy that they predominantly like leaned into. Um, okay. And they said that these were the, like the two most prolific authors in that area. And I said, but really like Puritans, and it's not that they didn't spend a lot of time talking about sin, but like their goal wasn't to sort of like really, um, I think when when we we look at like okay so Owens what is it sinners in the hands of an angry god that no, was that, uh, that, Edwards that was Edwards yeah. mm-hmm. and then Owens was uh, mortification, mortification of sin yep and they say like the reason like you know they like this this high view of sin right mm-hmm. but that's also because they had a really high view of holiness and God's calling in the life of a believer right and they like this was serious business to them and so. Um, so yeah, uh, it it was actually there was there was not as I think like it could have been like much more expansive, but like part of what they said is is that there there just isn't really a a lot of Puritan work in sort of a theological study of sin, whereas like you're looking at. Um, like original sin versus habitual sin versus um, I think it was actual sin and, and things like that. So there's okay. like, there's these different tiers and stuff and, and how uh, sin um, is the different ways that it's present in the lives of believers and unbelievers. And, and so like when, when you get into like kind of like theology proper and, and sort of that look on sin, there just isn't a whole lot of, uh, literature on it i well not as much as there is on some of the other topics okay so but it was still good and it was it was meaty and heavy and it kind of was a kick in the pants yeah but anyways so yeah cool man um yeah that was just what popped into my head um (laughs) in terms of in terms of books i did finish up a good man is hard to find um still really like it i i think I think after last episode, I had kind of um, at least 
got my head into a place where I could kind of follow along with the stories and what O'Connor was trying to say, at least somewhat, before I finished the book and started looking to other people to see what she was trying to say. Um, maybe about half the time, because there were still one or two where I was just like, I don't know what this was about. I need to go, I need to go check it out. Um, but I did, I did really like it. That was a, it was a challenging read, but it was really good. Uh, gosh, what else, what else did we talk about last week? Um, in terms of books. Oh, the, uh, uh, keeping faith in an age of reason. I'm down to, I have like one or two pages. Literally, I was reading it this morning and then I had to get up and and go do something else. And I was like, I'm so freaking close to the end of this book, but I never ended up picking it up since then. So probably after this podcast, I'll have it finished. (laughs) There you go. Um, and that, that has been a really good read as well, because even though a lot of them are kind of really simple answers as to supposed contradictions in the Bible, there are also some where, uh, where the author gives some really simple answers to some good questions as to like, how do these two verses um, how how do they harmonize? That's the word. How, how do you because it seems like they're saying opposite things. So I think every once in a while there'll be a question like that. Um, that actually seems like it's coming from a place of seeking to understand rather than just seeking to discredit the Bible. And it's and it's been really it's been really good. It's been really encouraging to read through that. So those are the the books from the. I read a book on Seinfeld. I really liked it. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it made me want to watch the show again. Um, I don't know that I have that many thoughts on it. It was just interesting. It's called it's Seinfeld. Just, yeah, it's just entertaining. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. okay. And then okay. recently, I've been—I'm almost done with it. Actually, another audio book called "I'll Be Gone in the Dark," and this one's really interesting. Um, it's actually about the Golden State Killer, who was a guy who who committed a string of murders and other is this Patton Oswalt's late wife's book yes yeah it was on hold at the library forever and I finally got the audiobook um after like a month of waiting and um it's it's a really good book it's really interesting but I have to stop every once in a while and be like why do I find this interesting you know like it's it's caused me to kind of think through like why do I really want to know about this? You know, because there's, there's a part that's like, okay, I want to, uh, like, it's interesting just in and of itself, but it can get so dark when she's describing what this man did because he was methodical about how he would scope the places out and commit burglaries and what he would do to his victims, that it's just, like, chilling that another human being could do that. Um, so it's kind of like, but it's a really entertaining read in that she writes very well to keep you, to keep you hooked because you want to know what's going to happen next. Um, so did you, and, and just sort of a brief aside here, he was recently caught and they think that, Mm -hmm. I mean, her, her, I can't remember if her book contributed to that or not. That's what I've, she was one of the, like the lead sort of like 
civilian investigators in 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 those murders and and or whatever. Yep. So. I'm at the part in the book where, and that's why I say I'm almost done with it. At the very end, it's or I say very end. I think it's towards the end where they have come to the point where she passed away. Um, and so the, the people who, who picked up on her research um, are talking about how much research she had done. And so, so the book is this, this melding of true crime, but also the story of her and her, for lack of a better term, obsession. I think she would have described it as an obsession, but it wasn't, it wasn't specifically with this man, but with true crime in general, that kind of hinged on this man, if that makes sense. Okay. No, and yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I did hear before I read the book that this book, after it came out, they caught him shortly after, and a lot of the information in this book was pivotal to at least her research or, or something along those lines really helped. And it's been very difficult not to look into it because I'm reading through the book. Like I don't want to, for lack of a better term, like skip to the end and figure out who, you know, who done it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to wait until I'm done with the book. Then I'll, I'll pick up all that information and who this, this very sick and demented human being was. Spoiler. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, because she even talks about in the book, like, you're not she actually starts out the book talking about how um regardless of of who this person is it's going to be a letdown like at the end of the day until you know who this human is uh until you've put a face to to the crime like it it becomes like this otherworldly entity but once you realize it's just a human and he has a face like it kind of yeah, it's it's kind of a letdown because it's just another person. It's not like this malevolent. Well, I, I don't even like know how to say it. That, well, it's it's kind of like um, the equivalent. I, I would say is like I heard somebody say that one of the things that's always so disappointing about like the Stephen King movies mm -hmm. is that he writes supernatural, like these supernatural evil evils and forces of evil really really well and then when there's the reveal it's never as scary as like what's in your head exactly yeah that's what i was so, trying to say you said it way better <laughs> so somebody else said it way better and i just stole it from them. so <laughs> i like it i like it okay sorry we've so what i said you, we weren't gonna I do know we you did. really want to talk about journey so i'll give you i'll tell you what i'm, I'm gonna put you on a timer okay. i'll give you How's five minutes? Sound? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's fine. So I, I'll try and because I've been trying to just kind of encapsulate my thoughts so that I don't necessarily ramble because of a lot, a lot of it is kind of that intangibleness of the game. Um, so Journey, if you haven't played it, which you know, if you're if you're a lame duck like me and just waited around to play this for years and years and years, um, Journey, I had heard that it was an experience type of a game. I had heard. Um, for lack of a term, that this was the 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 genesis of walking simulators, you know. And when I sat down to play it, I was actually surprised at how much game there was in the game. Like you actually do stuff; it's not just moving around. Um, but I I will say, in a nutshell, 
I think it is one of, if not the most beautiful games that I've ever played mm-hmm. from a, from a purely aesthetic standpoint. Like I had to stop and be like, I'm, I'm playing this on a PS3 because mm-hmm. this is, this is the, the art style and the way that it's presented is gorgeous. Um, and I, I'm big on art style. I'm not, I'm not a stickler for like, uh, for photorealism in games. That's not what I'm looking for. I prefer something stylized so long as it's stylized really well. And in this case, this game just has its own style, but then it knows what to do with it. Um, because, it, and I think it's it's not just the visuals, it is a combination of the visuals and the sound design as well Mm -hmm. because the music for the game is it swells as the player is encountering different things and it was um aesthetically one of the i mean gosh i'm struggling not to not to hyperbolize this entire thing because aesthetically it was almost a perfect game you know um but I, I also don't want to necessarily overhype it because it's not, I wouldn't say it was the perfect game. I just think that what it tried to do, it did extremely well. Um, I think if I were to critique some things about it, it's not even really a critique, just some of the things that I noticed is that the game um, felt, okay, that, I'll put it this way. The game was much more about feeling than actual doing, if that makes sense. Like the game used certain cues to guide you. It felt like it was an open world, but it really wasn't. If you tried to go off into the distance, it would kind of push you back towards where you were supposed to go. So it was yeah. in uh like it was actually a pretty linear game that felt very open, which is something that I think that game designers have been trying to do. Well, still try to do. I mean, this game is old. Um, that's something that they are, are seeking to do with a lot of games um, that this one actually accomplished. Um, again, I feel like I'm, I'm just heaping praise on this game, but I, I went in because I had heard it's a fantastic game, but I had also heard it's not really a game. It's an experience. And so I was thinking walking simulator, which I've had some good experience with walking simulators. Don't get me wrong. Um, But I was still kind of like tempering my expectations because I'm like, okay, this is an older game. We've probably done better since then. Um, And it exceeded my lowered expectations, if that makes sense. So. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I think it is a masterclass in game design because of the way that it led you along and made you think that you were making these discoveries when all along it was kind of pushing you in certain directions. Um, Like, for instance, the few enemies that there were in the games honestly were pretty easy to avoid. Like it was not very difficult to get around the the things that were attempting to attack you, but because of the music swells, because of the darkening uh, images on the screen, 
because of the jump scare at the beginning, it felt menacing and it felt like it was really trying to get you, even if at the end of the day, it wasn't too difficult to dodge. I think things like that were what made the game great because you don't realize that stuff until after the fact. When you're in the middle of it, it feels so good. So, okay, that's my five minutes on Journey. Dude, you killed it. Um, no, it's, I, would, I would agree that I think it, it is one of those... Um, man, I, I think the way that, yeah, they, they sort of give you the, the feeling of exploration and sort of mm-hmm. non-linearity, while at the same time being able to sort of like push you um, is definitely like one of the, it's like, unless you're sort of, yeah, really paying attention, you won't even notice it. Right. Because I yeah. think it does such a good job of too, of like, sort of like constantly pulling you in, mm-hmm. in the direction that they want. Like there's like sort of like these just subtle cues that sort of like just keep pulling you along. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know. I really like the art design in that too. I think it, it's, it's just got a really nice visual aesthetic mm-hmm. um that yeah uh i think my favorite level or segment of the game is the one where you're doing like the downhill like skiing okay sand yeah. skiing thing like that to me like i would just play that section for hours if I could. <laughs> um i really did like but yeah it's just and and you're right like the that you know, the, their their sound design is absolutely. Um, that you, you kind. I think that you nailed it when you said it's a masterclass in game design because it's. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I what I will say the last critique that I'll give to it is that I did find the ending of the game. The story is very vague. But I did find the ending of the game a little cheesy. Like, I wish that what happened at the end didn't happen. Although, from a mechanical standpoint, it makes sense. Because it leads into a new game plus. You know? Mm-hmm. It, it leads into kind of redoing it. And and after I played the game, because I'm a nerd and I do this, um, I went to YouTube and checked out reviews and I checked out different YouTube accounts that like gave explanations of what they thought that the story was. And that was really interesting because I got a couple different perspectives of the fact that it's called journey, that it was a distillation of the hero's journey and the different elements of that. Um, if you know, uh, what, like, yeah. like writing, I, I can't, I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote the book about the hero's journey. Um, but did, I read it. I read it for like a college class years okay. ago. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. It's it's sort of just an examination of the archetypical hero. That's yeah, the it's, word. It's, yeah. archetype. Um, yeah, and so the here the archetype of the hero's journey, and so that's that's what it is. I I uh, watched another YouTube video where he explained that it was actually about life and and how um, when you're young things are vibrant and things are like carefree and everything is joyous and then things get uh you know more difficult as you get older and so that was an interesting take on it as well so i'm not exactly sure what the game designers were trying to say except that whatever it was was effective if that makes sense i know that's kind of like well, a 
I think like one of the the successes of that game is that the the narrative is kind of ambiguous in the mm-hmm. best possible way. Like there's right. a way to be sort of open-ended and ambiguous and kind of like vague that is you know just it's it's kind of snooty and it's mm-hmm. pretentious. Yep. And this would like journey is kind of ambiguous in the way and i keep using that word because Mm -hmm. i don't have a better word but it's 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 kind of vague in the way that it plays through and it's not really heavy-handed on the narrative Mm -hmm. um and i think a deliberate kind of way that is provocative and and sort of challenges you to think through it um it's it's a game i think in a lot of ways that is a lot more cerebral or can be I mean, like you could you could sit down and play it for a few hours and be like, "Well, that's neat," and then boop, move on. Or right. like you, you know, you can be you know, if if you do uh, take the time to work through it, yeah, it's going to be a lot more rewarding because it it is a game just by or it is an experience rather that just through the, its very nature sort of gets you to ask questions that yeah. are good questions. So yeah. Yeah, man. And the last thing I'll say is that I did, I was actually surprised. I did, um, I was able to experience it the way that I had described last episode where it was was on a Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. It was like nine 30. I was able to just sit down and play it. And like an hour and a half went by and I didn't even realize how long I had been playing. And then it was like towards the end of the game. So I'm like, I have to finish it. I mean, I'm here. Why not? Um, great experience. The, it was better than I expected, which is weird, because I know it's gotten a lot of praise. But, anyways, well, it's it's you, you tempered your you tempered your expectations, and because you did, you you were blown away, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah, because it's not <laughs> okay. And we'll get into this. It's okay, so we're talking about you know the new, the better, the the awesome. Should we games. just the, the the I mean obviously if if you're looking at this in a podcatcher podcatcher or whatever those yep. things are called mm-hmm. um I think are we gonna go with new and shiny new and or shiny did you really yeah. did you really want to go with the fueled by whiskey sour <laughs> <laughs> um, no but you know we're going to the the actual topic for for the 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 main segment here is the new and shiny and mm-hmm. and sort of an examination um you know of you know, again, backlog management and sort of looking at, at the new and shiny. So, yeah, I was just, I was just going to say, don't, from what I've said so far, if you haven't played journey, don't think that I'm saying this is the be all and end all of video gaming. That's not, you're not going to get that because it's not shadow of the Colossus. (laughs) Oh man. That is another (laughs) like stunningly beautiful game that I haven't finished. Uh, maybe I'll get to that sometime. Well, I'll just I'll just rag on you until you do. Okay. Um, okay. I, Dang, I am you've put another game at the top of the list. Apologist for that game. Yeah. Um, it's and what I played of it was fantastic. I probably did like four or five colossi, and then I just didn't go back to it, and I don't know why. Okay. Um, but we can talk. I've already I've rambled on so much already. Um. I, I, but what I was saying is Journey is not the be-all and end-all of gaming, but it is a fantastic experience. And uh, I wanted to meld that into... So we're talking about new games. We're talking about the new and shiny and 
the hype train and the games that are right on the cusp of coming out. And so they are the most amazing and fantastic. They have the best graphics that we've learned from everyone who's come before us. We've learned from Mario how to jump. We've learned from Halo how to shoot. We've learned, you know, all these things have culminated in the next amazing gaming experience where you will explore the entire universe and every world will be this new and grand adventure and you'll have this everlasting game of pirates across the 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 seas um and then it crashes and burns see i thought i thought you were going like a no man's sky kind of that that, i was doing that and then i and then i veered towards um uh was it sea of thieves so 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 i i'm just picking on games that have i should i should have had something for honor but um that didn't happen either uh but so so that that's what we're talking about is these games that promise the world and give us um a good time don't get me wrong that there are people who really enjoyed their time in no man's sky in for honor in uh sea of thieves and i'm picking on those in particular because they 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 were hyped it's in no end um, and, and they're in recent memory. I mean, there have been tons of other Spore and the the Fable games and things like that. Peter Molyneux is notorious for hyping his games. Peter, I just... Peter broke my heart so many times. <laughs> like three, three to be precise. Um, Fable 1, Fable 2, <laughs> Fable 3. So you weren't hyped for Fable Legends then? When it didn't even come out? I had, I, <laughs> I saw it and I was like, I get me this time. I don't even think he yeah. was involved in that. I think oh, okay. he had already sort of moved on. Okay. Had you but... wisened up by the fact that the name, the title of the game was just the same thing twice? Fable, Legends? Legends. I mean, come on. Oh, I come didn't on. even see that one. I, I, feel, I feel like a dupe now. <laughs> it's like, oh. green light, go. Like, what, it's, why are you saying, why, why are you repeating <laughs> yourself? Um, um, <laughs> that's a bourbon so... talking, sorry. Yeah, new and shiny, man. <laughs> The new and shiny, and I actually i I wanted to at one point in time. I was I was I was thinking about um, Serenity, Firefly. Oh yeah, I was thinking about um, the 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 mechanic girl in there, and just be like everything's shiny, Captain. You know, <laughs> it just became a term, but um, no, I, I think you know, and and there are a a variety of terms that kind of apply to this and you brought up mm-hmm. one that i think um I, I also wanted to hit on the hype train yeah um, so this being said like i don't want anybody to take this as like oh well nate and josh are just going to beat up on new games um and we're we're just going to be like listen um paul lytle had some really interesting feedback like he doesn't yeah. buy anything newer than the wii and um yeah, so yeah, you, know, you wait ten to fifteen years, and everything's cheap, and mm-hmm. you know it's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, straight up, but, you can uh, go to Metacritic, spend like fifty dollars, and you've got you know you get, thirty games of the best games that the system has to offer. Yeah, no, um, you know, but and and and, and Paul's response was really because um, we did ask this, we we sort of brought up this question in the the backlog book club as well and and we'll definitely be sort of like hitting on some of those answers but paul's paul's made me smile Mm -hmm. um, in a way that but i think 
every one of us has sort of been there, um, and and it's easy. Yeah, it's definitely easy to look at games like No Man's Sky. I remember like the hype. Oh yeah, that surrounded that game, and then when it came out, and it just wasn't even close to what any. And apparently now it's it's kind of there. Um, right updates and stuff that's probably why it's on the forefront of my mind is because they've been releasing patches like recently updates and and it's it's gotten better yeah well i think the reason it was sort of you know like when you brought it up it stuck out to me is because it was one of those games where this game was like preached to us like and sort of delivered to us and encapsulated in such a way that this was going to be like the game to end all games or going to be billions of world and worlds in this thing and you could explore all of them and you know there were going to be all sorts of wildlife and all sorts of vegetation and you're going to be able to like build stuff and and then you got into it and it was kind of this janky kind of weird not great thing Mm -hmm. um and it wasn't like a terrible game like i played i I probably dumped like 30 hours into it and i was like okay this is it's like space minecraft and okay. <laughs> but I didn't really like Minecraft that much, so I kind of moved on. But um, I, thirty hours is a respectable amount of playtime for any game, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, again, I love JRPGs. I get that twice, three times that amount is standard, but still, thirty hours on one game is is a good amount. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't anything like terrible by any stretch of the imagination. I just it it just wasn't. And I didn't even like really fall prey to the hype, but mm-hmm. I think like it's it's sort of going forward, like looking at that idea, it's like a lot of times, you know. And um, I'm gonna just look up the comment. Well, I'll I'll, br- I'll bring it up later. But there was a there was a comment made um, about how just like marketing sort of culminate like generates this the the FOMO experience where yep. the fear of missing out and. You, so there's there's this there's there's you know the hype around these things sometimes is just built and it's it's absolutely unsustainable right and so right. there are very very rarely and I think especially too and I and I know I've brought it up before but the last couple of years have been really high water marks for gaming mm-hmm. and just like the games that we've got and I mean uh, Legends Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey. Um, I was going to say Destiny 2, but then I, I didn't want to make people laugh. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, n- no, but like, you know, you've got uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, the God of War game. Uh, just, th- there's, I mean, there are a lot more that I'm, I'm not mentioning. Mm-hmm. I'm just sort of talking about the ones that are sort of at the top of my I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of go you know you know go back with me a, a few years ago like mm-hmm. probably about 10 or so you know, a Scooby-Doo effect a, a little bit <laughs> you know? and I was uh, yeah, you get the, the wobblies and the, <laughs> the, the weird transition and the 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 little the little sound effects that <laughs> um, but I was uh, you know I was a single guy I was living in an apartment with a couple of, you know, shared, shared this apartment with a couple other dudes. I had my 360 and I didn't buy a ton of video games, but you know, I would, I still was a fairly active gamer and it just, there was this game that I had heard about and I had actually played a demo for, and I think it was called wet. 
And the premise okay. was, um, it was sort of this kind of like a pulp, sort of like fictiony kind of universe. And you were this assassin bounty hunter character. And she was voiced by uh, Eliza Dushku. Is that how you say her name? Uh-huh, yeah. whatever. And it was like sort of all, it was like, and the, the main premise was like you would spend a lot of time jumping and then shooting things in slow motion and then okay. jumping again and shooting things in slow motion. <laughs> Bullet time. And yeah. And it like, and, and that was the heyday of the quick time event. But I bought the, anyways, so I bought this game brand new. I really liked the demo because, you know, there were some interesting mechanics in it, but I played through it. And I mean, I beat it in a couple of days. And I just remember at the end of that game, just kind of going, huh. Like, I, I you know, because I, I, I didn't, 60 bucks is, is a sizable chunk of change, especially for yeah. a dude who doesn't have a lot of cash. And so that, was, I think, was the beginning of sort of, my awareness that like sometimes just because something looks really good to me, especially when it comes to video games, like it doesn't always mean that it, it's going to deliver. And it, and again, that's not to say that I, I haven't bought games on day one or anything. I mean, I bought, um, bought horizon zero dawn when it came out. Uh, the, uh, I played the God of war game fairly shortly after it came out i mean within the first like you know it, i had it downloaded within a couple of days maybe maybe even the day of you know i can't remember mm-hmm. but and 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 sometimes those games pan out right like god right. of war horizon zero dawn they're phenomenal i i don't regret sort of getting in on the ground level with those things but mm-hmm. then i look at like I really enjoy. Okay, uh, one of the games I, I sort of think about too in this is uh, Neo, right? Uh-huh. I I got Neo. No, my brother bought me Neo like the the week it came out or whatever. Okay, and we played it for like I played it for a couple of weeks and then I just sort of dropped off, and then I went back and I I actually bought like. You know, a couple weeks after after that, like I bought the game of the year edition, so I get all the DLC. So you know, okay. Um, and I, so, you know, so I dumped like you know sixty, uh, and I probably had like PlayStation credit or traded stuff in on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, like you know, I dumped like another sixty bucks into the system to to buy this thing again, and then I played it for like a week or two, and then I petered off, and then just recently, like I went back through. And you know, played it again, and I just think about how many times that game has gone on sale since then. And it's if I would have just waited, like because it was probably about the space of a year, I probably could have like picked it up for half the price. Yeah, and I would have only had to buy it once. And so there's this there's this idea that when a game comes out, right, you just like you sort of like th- there's all this like fervor that gets built up around it. Mm-hmm. That is really detrimental, I think, to to just being wise, you know, which is mm-hmm. the the primary sort of thing that we that that we talk about is like, you know, I want to encourage you know gamers to be wise with their time, wise with their money, wise with how they're engaging this hobby. And so, 
we we just we wanted to talk about some of the pitfalls and and things that we've noticed with this sort of the hype train or yeah. you know what we're calling the new and shiny so what you know i'll let you talk for a little bit and then you know i'll, pro- I'll probably hop back in here so yeah man i think i think you hit that was like a shotgun blast there's so many little like pieces of shrapnel that i want to latch myself onto because i agree there there have been a lot of fantastic games that have come recently and i was just like searching through metacritic really quickly to see you know games like celeste and near automata and persona yeah. 5 and witcher 3 whether you i i would never play that game but i understand that that it's a fantastic game so um regardless of whatever your conviction is i've heard that it is a very well told story uh so so yeah there are tons of really good games and games that buck this trend but I think we all, if we've been playing games for a while, um, you know, I, I, I would say that I've been playing games for a little while. Um, we have all been burned by that game that promises the world and you get it in your hands and it just doesn't cut it. And, and like you said, it's, it's actually detrimental because the games, oftentimes the games aren't bad in and of themselves. It's simply that you were expecting so much more. You were expecting it to be the be-all and end-all of video games. And it wasn't. You know, you were expecting it to fulfill something in you, and it didn't. Even subconsciously. I mean, like, you know, as Christians, I don't think we really consciously think that, oh, if I had that video game, then I would feel fulfilled. But I think subconsciously, there's a part of us that feels incomplete if we don't have that new thing. Um, and, and I say that in, in, in a sense of like, if you haven't experienced it yet, awesome. But I think a lot of us who've been playing games for a while have experienced where um, it's just not what we expected it to be. Um, and, and I think you use this word, but I, I, I think it's really poignant to say that that is an unsustainable model because it if you continuously promise the world and <laughs> after a while the 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 people who play your games are going to wisen up and see that no a video game can't do that a video game can't be everything and that's that's why i mentioned about journey like i thought it was a fantastic experience it's not the be all and end all of video games i still have a ton of other games that i want to play and that i think uh, will scratch certain itches. Um, a game mechanically cannot be every single genre, despite how hard Near Automata tries to do everything. <laughs> it's not going to be fantastic at um, at every single genre of video game. And that wasn't a dig at Near. I've heard it's great. No, uh, yeah, yeah. It. it's on my, it's on my list. But I'm saying like you have to. Um, th- you're never going to be fulfilled by a single video game it's it's just not going to do that and so if you go into it and you realize that i think it's as christians it's it's a lot um to come in sober-minded and to understand that um there are limitations yes this may be a fantastic experience because there are some great games that are coming out um but it's not going to be everything it's not going to be worth 
And what's really like the like you know okay so like kind of looking at this too like what's the point of being an early adopter sometimes mm-hmm. you know okay so I can say uh, I can see like okay you really dig the studio mm-hmm. and everything they do I'm that way with super giant games the people who made Bastion, oh yeah Mister mm-hmm. Empire like I played Bastion love it and. I bought Transistor without ever knowing anything about it, without yeah. having tried it out. I bought Pyre the same way, and I've loved all three of those games. I haven't beat Pyre yet. Okay. But, but at the same time, there is there's so I guess coming back to my question is like what's what are the advantages of um being an early adopter and mm-hmm. and i'm not talking about like with first person shooters like over or overwatch or something like Fortnite or whatever where mm-hmm. you sort of learn a skill set and if you aren't sort of it, it is really about sort of getting more time in and you know honing the skill set right and sort of getting that edge on other players i'm talking just like you know because that's that's kind of a different question altogether yeah but I'm talking about like the God of Wars and the Neos and the Breath of the Wilds and you know or or even some of these other games that are just or even like you know we we sort of mentioned it back and forth and I think you you brought it up earlier but like the Switch mm-hmm. like you know we we both have one and and I like mine and I, and and you like yours mm-hmm. but the reality is like for me sometimes I look at my Switch and and I don't regret purchasing it and that was like my birthday slash christmas present it was like nice all my presents you know like <laughs> all, the, all the presents i all got presents. um but that was like i i'm glad i have it but the reality is like there is a part of me that sort of wishes i would have waited for breath of the wild or um or you know i would have waited a little bit longer Mm-hmm. Instead of just having sort of Breath of the Wild up front, and then maybe Mario Odyssey, and I, I wish that maybe I would have waited until the library was a little more fleshed out. I wish I would have waited till I could have maybe gotten it for a better deal, or you know that kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just saying, like, I kind of wish because, like, you know, one of the the downsides to this being an early adopter and sort of falling prey to the new and shiny is it is just flat out from a logistics sense it's just more expensive yeah <laughs> um, like i know you have your spreadsheet my my buddy parker the guy i was visiting in dc he keeps a little spreadsheet and his as much as not nearly as many games <laughs> but um he does this thing where he like market like he he sort of keeps track of like all the games he wants to play and all the games he's beaten and etc and he actually includes like price points like how much okay he up for and he actually has this like this tab where he's like okay well i've played x amount of games and i've spent this much money so i've i've gotten these games for like i think it was like ten dollars and fifty cents and it, like some of these are newer games he just waited a little bit until like for sales and deals nice. and stuff. And um, so it, that, that was his, 
his, his spreadsheet was a bit of a challenge to me too, as I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know, he's playing some of the same games. Like he played horizon zero dawn, bought the complete edition or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, he got it for like 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I paid 60 bucks for the game, you know, cause I, I got like, or maybe even more because I probably got like the, the deluxe edition for a game I'd never played. And it was solely on hype. Mm-hmm. And then I paid another 20 or 30 bucks for the DLC. Mm-hmm. which I still haven't played yet. And I'm just <laughs> looking at that and it's, it's kind of like, and, and I don't necessarily regret that per mm-hmm. se, but because that was a good game and I'm glad I w- was able to sort of like get in on, on the ground floor. But the reality is like, I could have waited six months to a year, pick that game up for half of what I, you know, paid for it mm-hmm. and still been able, like, yeah, maybe I wouldn't have been able to keep up with all like the spoiler talks and all that other stuff. But I don't, I just don't, you know, I think again, like it's coming back to this principle of like sort of stewardship with, with your time and money. I had other games I probably should have been playing if I was playing anything and should have beaten. And I could have just been, been smarter with that money. Um, and that's just sort of like some of the, some of the, uh, you know, because the, the reality is it is kind of an unknown. Like right. when you are an early adopter, like, yeah, okay, so whatever tastemaker you're, you're listening to, whether it's the guys from Kind of Funny or the guys from TRG or, you know, yeah, Logan, I called you a tastemaker. So <laughs> there, there's my backhanded compliment. Um, he's been but, he's been pumping out the reviews, man. He has been. He's a, he's a busy boy. He's yeah. a busy, busy boy. Um, but, you, you know, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, if you buy a game brand new, you're, you're an idiot and you should be embarrassed, you know, because I think there is definitely a certain merit to voting with your wallet. Yeah. Um, like if you really want to get behind a project and you really want to support a studio, that is the best possible time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think for the most part, uh, you know, none of these games, like as much as I enjoyed God of War, and I really did enjoy that game. I think it's a fantastic game. Um, I really, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about that game mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, there's also a part of me that's like, man, I probably could have waited and I wouldn't have missed out really on anything. Mm. And to that point, uh, I think we did get a couple comments in the, in the book club as well. Uh, Wesley said that that he's come to a point in his life where he's realized that a lot of games are not made for him. Like he knows what he likes and what he doesn't like. And even though there's this hype train going on for a specific game, you know, even even the people that he follows really enjoys this specific type of game. If you understand what you like and that that's your not not your cup of tea, it helps a lot to 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 weigh that in the balance of what to buy and what not to buy. Because if you, if you're purely just jumping onto the hype train for a game, uh, that that's not in your typical genre of games that you play, like, like for instance, if you really dig anime, but you're not a fan of fighting games, then this, you know, this, this Shonen Jump fighting game or Dragon Ball Fighter Z is not necessarily going to be worth 60 bucks to you. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not wor- willing, well, it depends to on how much you like Dragon Ball Z. It, it does. I mean, that's going to be a factor, 
But I mean, like if yeah. you, you're probably going to end up disappointed because, because it's not the type of games that you really enjoy. Well, and playing. then that, that would be like 60 bucks. You're out. Right. Whereas exactly. If, you know, I think, yeah, it's, I, I wanted to like give him, because like he, he brought up too like in a, in a Wesley's comment where he talked about overwatch mm-hmm. and it's like, I mean, that's, a, that's another one that I can point to and be like, I bought overwatch fairly early on in its life cycle. I mean, not super early on, but I, I still paid like 60 bucks for the game or whatever. Okay. And, um, you know, maybe not that much, but then the, the reality is, is I, I think I uninstalled it shortly after the Doomfist update. Okay. You know? So it's like, I mean, and I enjoyed that game, but the reality mm-hmm. is like first person shooter games just don't do a whole lot for me. Yeah. I knew that. And then there was this game that everybody, everybody's playing it. And so the, this idea, like trying to sort of like get in and sort of be part of that. And it's, and I dude, I, I, I did love, like, I did enjoy my time with that game, but the reality is I probably would have been better suited. Like, you know, picking up a secondhand copy for like 20 bucks. Right. Yeah. You know, at the GameStop or wherever uh, yeah. versus, you know, buying a new copy. And it, it, it is just this, I think because, and this is sort of, and again, this is, is, is sort of touching on what we touched on, what we talked about last week where, or last two weeks ago <laughs> where, um, the the sort of the hype train and the new and shiny really cultivates this sort of you just go into like this i, I call it mirror accumulation mode mm-hmm. where it's sort of must have must have must have want 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 yeah and it takes it takes these things that we should be a little more mindful of that we should be sort of you know be willing to pump the brakes on a lot more and it pushes this urgency and saying you need to get this right now. Mm-hmm. If you aren't playing this, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just, you, you know, one of the the sort of thoughts that I, I sort of had is like, you know, and and again, like I don't want to be hyper spiritual when it comes to this stuff, but I think by consistently indulging in the sort of buying the new and shiny what we're doing is we're robbing ourselves of the opportunity to cultivate patience in our lives. Mm. Um, Mm. We it's, it's sort of, and video games and and that article that you and I had sort of shared back and forth. And and I don't want to touch a whole lot on it because I'm just not prepared to talk about it, but it, it talks about like the sort of the instant gratification of video games and then there was a correlation that they had drawn with like porn addiction and things there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like the, the, the chief hook of most video games is sort of that reward loop. Yeah. Like it's the, like Diablo three is one of my favorite games of all time. That thing is yep. just a slot machine. It's just <laughs> a highly advanced <laughs> slot machine. Yeah. An and interactive will, slot machine. I will get on and I will crank that arm for hours, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like I'm, I'm like, I, I went to the MGM when I was in DC, man. And there's like all those little old ladies and little old men with Oof. their cups of tote. Well, actually now it's just like they have their little cards or whatever. And they're just, oh, yeah. they've got their mm-hmm. cards slipped in there and they're just like looking at their phone, 
smacking the the arm or hitting the yeah. button or whatever. And it's like, you know, th- there really isn't much difference between that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think like we we definitely need to be aware of those things. And yeah. You know, just coming back to, you know, that, that piece of advice my father, you know, I, I brought it up in the last episode, and I think I'll bring it up again in this one because it's relevant. Like, a lot of times, especially, like, okay, so, like, the context isn't the same. This isn't maybe about a deal, per se, but it's saying, like, okay, there's this brand new shiny thing, like, that's right in front of you, and it's, it's the newest, latest, best, it's the, it's the, the new hotness, whatever sort of, you know... It's the must-have thing, like whether it was the iPhone when the iPhone first rolled out, or the mm. the the fifteen other iterations of the iPhone, or right. the newest Android, or the newest whatever. Um, you know, in in particular, in this case, you know, talking about video games, like you know, it's the newest God of War title, it's the the new Spider-Man, the newest Dragon mm-hmm. Quest, it's Octopath Traveler. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yes. Um, <laughs> And <laughs> if, if people could see the sardonic, self-deprecating smirk that I'm like wearing, <laughs> uh, like, right. I'm, like looking at myself and just sort of shaking my head. Um, but there's this like, you know, and I think I, I want to, I'm actually going to bring it up here. Give me a second. Yeah. Uh, but Stephen Miller said something in that question that you posed in the Facebook group. And he said, video game marketing strategies are literally aiming to generate FOMO. And if you're not hip to the lingo, FOMO is the fear of missing out. I think that mixed with social media, look at all these people, and he has in parentheses, look at all these other people playing video games, makes it really easy to fall for getting a game I won't actually like or play that much. And then he, again, in parentheses, he says, looking at you, Nino Kuni too. And, um, you know, and that's, and that's the reality. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, sometimes it is like, you know, a boom to, to have somebody else sort of whispering in your ear and saying, this is a good thing. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, and again, it's sort of, we need to be exercising wisdom here and discernment. And so there's nothing wrong with, Oftentimes, I think, um, looking at, you know, and again, this is like the whole point of this podcast is to examine these issues through the lens of, of our favorite hobby, video games, mm-hmm. and saying like, okay, like, and these are, I think these are much broader issues in a lot of ways. Right. But um, you know, it's, it's very easy to get sucked into that consumer-driven loop where it's, you're constantly buying the next new thing. Whereas, you know, if we were being wise and, and sort of like trying to steward our, our finances well and our time well, we're going to sort of say, you know what, I can, again, I'm going to use it. We can pump the brakes on this thing a little bit. Yeah. We can wait, you know, and, and I, I never actually said it, but like what I, my, my dad said, you know, it's like, wait a few weeks, wait a month or two. Mm-hmm. You still want it? Okay. Then then you can start to sort of move forward in that. And I think that that sort of deliberateness is lost. Mm-hmm. I think that that's sort of that. So that's that's kind of, you know, the bulk of what I had to, to say on that. I'm, I mean, I again, like, I sort of dropped the ball because I don't have, like, a particular scripture, but I think just in, like, 
you know, just as far as like biblical principles and being wise with our time. Uh, Ephesians uh, 5, 15 through 16 says something about, you know, be wise with your time because the days are evil. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, you know, it's, and there are so many exhortations throughout scripture for us to be wise and for us to be discerning. And I think like, you know, there is this constant sort of, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, I mean, like I said, I, I didn't, you know, you, you obviously have thoughts and I, I just sort of, I, no, you're good, dude. I didn't want to, I didn't want to stop you while you were, while you were, going through all of that because it was so good. Um, the, just a little anecdote is that, you know, as, as you had mentioned with a few games, I found, uh, to, to a small extent as well. Like I found when I was buying newer games, like with the last console generation, cause it was basically the first generation that I had that was current is one of those games that kind of like I was super hyped for. And I was, you know, ready to, to just like tear into it when it first released was smash brothers. Um, Mm. and I bought the game and I, I, I think you were getting at this too, is that it is a great game. It definitely has a lot of content. Like it, it has, if you are the type of player to put in the time, it definitely has $60 worth of content. So I'm not disparaging the game at all. But for my tastes, it was kind of lackluster in like, I started playing it and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to really like dedicate myself to, to learning how to play with these different characters and learning these systems and all this other stuff. And um, again, it's a great game, but I did feel a little let down by like, I, I, I didn't need this at launch um, because... the. Okay, sorry. I want to first say that we have kind of been disparaging the whole like buying games at launch and b- paying $60 for games a lot. And while um there's certainly a lot of cautions that I, that we would give to um to just jumping on the hype train and riding it all the way home into your console of choice. Um the the counter argument to that that as I was thinking about this subject um, I've, I've got two things to bring up. And one is just that the hype train is fun. Like yeah. I enjoy looking at what's coming up next. You know, I enjoy the anticipation of the, the next game that's coming up. You know, like we talked about, I really liked bravely default, you know, bravely mm-hmm. second is apparently a really good game as well that I need to get to. And I've, I've heard these great things about Octopath and like, it's fun to talk about it, but there's this point at which you, um, you also kind of have to weigh whether or not all of this hype is worth the price of admission and the, the time that it's going to take to play the game. And so that can kind of help you to determine when you want to buy the game, if you want to wait, if you want to hear what other people have to say about the things. But like, I mean, I have been talking to other people about Octopath a lot. Like, I, I'm i really stoked about it. It seems like mm-hmm. a great game. But I've also decided, hey, I'm not going to pay full price for it. 
I'm gonna wait, regardless of you know how great this sounds. I have other games to play. Um, so I don't want to disparage the fact that it's fun to get excited about new stuff. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not a bad. I don't want to be. I don't want to be like you know a, a killjoy, right? Or like a Debbie Downer, exactly. But- and the the other part that I came up with in terms of new games is this element of, uh, and this could be a whole other episode if we want to, uh, but this element of co-op and playing together with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, especially with certain types of games, you do want to get in on the ground floor in order to play with other people. If If you're using this as a way to get closer to your friends or to, um, you know, just, you know, meet people to kind of expand your reach of, of people that you are, you know, friends with or ministering to or things like that. I don't want to over spiritualize it, but at the same time you want to see opportunities where they are. Yeah. That co-op is worth that extra price. Does that make sense? Like, there are yeah. certain games where if be. you yeah. don't get in soon, if you don't get in at the start, like, for instance, I you know I recently bought a Switch. There's a game that's been out for a while, Splatoon 2, that's continued to give different updates. If I had a group of friends that really wanted to get in on that game, I would consider um, paying a premium price for that game so that I could play it with my friends. There's an element there that co-op is worth th- that extra price. Um, and, and, th- and these things I just wanted to throw out because I don't want to make it sound like you should never buy a game at launch. There, there are reasons to do that. but there are, there are reasons to do that, yes. Yeah, we, we just also want to be wise with what we have. You had mentioned, and I think this is a great point that I hadn't even thought of, is like supporting different uh, developers. Uh, I think that's a good reason to buy a game as well. Um, usually, I, I don't think the games that are released at $60 necessarily need your support in order to get out there, unless they're really niche games, but that's that's a whole other thing. Um, you know, it, it, it really just depends on on where you're coming from. But uh, yeah, I purchased back on the Wii U days, I got the uh, DuckTales remastered mm-hmm. close to launch because I wanted to say, hey, this is a good idea, and you've you know you've gotten the original voice actors. You've really tickled my nostalgia bone. Um, in order to to get the like, you've put in the work to make a good game. I want to say that this is worth it, and I paid full price for it, which wasn't even you know, I don't know, twenty dollars, thirty dollars, maybe. Um, yeah. because I wanted cool. to say like, this is what I want as a gamer. But I did the same say? thing with. I was going to say I did the same thing. I think with Final Fantasy Nine, which is okay. one of my when they did the 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 PlayStation Four remaster thing. I oh, bought yeah. that like within a day or two because I was like, nope, I'm going to throw money at this because one, I love Final Fantasy Nine. I'd love to see. I'd love to see that game like a full blown remake, not just Ooh. a remaster. Like it just, uh, but more like so, third like, person I, action game. Split into three part. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> oh, if they could only see my face. Uh, it was like, uh, just, oh, oh. Um, sorry, I'm throwing darts nah. over here. 
But yeah, I mean, there are definitely times to like sort of like get behind a project and be like, no, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to throw money at this because this is a good thing and I want to see it succeed. Um, you know, you, you literally can vote with your, your dollars there. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. So, um, I, I guess we, we probably ought to start thinking about wrapping up. A yeah, bit. we've gone a little long in the tooth. We are a couple of talky kind of dudes. <laughs> and you'll, you'll fix it. You'll fix it in post. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> Cut but, out every um, point that I talk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, I wanted to, and I won't always do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I want, I, you, we, we've sort of batted this back and forth. And like, if you ever have a pro tip that you want to sort of like lay out, feel more than free to do so. But I have one that I feel like is kind of pertinent to this subject or topic. Um, yeah, throw it out. Pro tips. So the, the backlog pro tip of the episode is the best way to manage your backlog is to not buy new games. And I'm not talking about just like new, new. I'm talking about more. Like um, you don't want to watch your backlog grow into an untamable beast. Don't buy games. Uh, mm-hmm. Play the ones you've got. Uh, you know, I, I try to adhere to a beat two before I buy one kind of rhythm. Nice. Uh, it doesn't always work the way that I, I, I want it to. Um, but, you know, that I, I feel like if you can sort of maintain like a rhythm like that, that'll really help you whittle, whittle that down. Um, mm-hmm. So, Dude, I got to give a shout out. I'm sorry. I have to shout out Davey B in the group. What are we do? Well, because he has been hardcore this year into not buying games. Oh, oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about that. And like, I, I am amazed. I am amazed. I, I you know, again, I, I wait for sales. I do all these things. But he has gone hardcore into saying that, you know what? I'm going to take this time. I'm not going to buy any games and I'll just play what I have and get rid of what I don't think I'm ever going to play. Like, man, he knows, he knows how to hashtag backlogs and finances. No, yeah, he, the hashtag, hashtag, he beat down that backlog straight um, up. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, Hey, Davey B, if you're listening, uh, good on you, man. Like keep killing it, bro. Um, so, I have a couple of recos. Do you have any recommendations? Oh, jeez. Like closing thoughts? I mean, my closest recommendation would be that book that I'm reading, but then I literally explained at the beginning of the episode why I'm not quite sure why I enjoy it. So, I don't even know if it's a recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> so, short answer, no. <laughs> <laughs> what are your recommendations we, we don't do the short answers josh i think <laughs> Never. You know, brevity is not our strong point no um i have one solid one and then i have like a couple ideas uh but i recently i listen to a lot of podcasts throughout the day while i'm w- walking around um and there's this podcast i think it's just called the startup podcast i'm, I'm actually just going to look it up right now Right now, real quick. Not everything is alive. Not everything is alive. <laughs> is. So while, while I'm looking up this other one, I'm going to take a minute to talk about <laughs> not everything is alive. Because that is, 
I shared this with Josh earlier in the week, and it ba the basic premise, and it's weird, okay? I get it. But the basic premise is this guy interviews inanimate objects, and he has actors come in and play the roles of these inanimate objects while he's conducting the interview. So the he's only got one right now, and he interviews a can of off-brand cola, mm -hmm. and it's brilliant and hysterical and charming and i think it's super funny yeah um, it well but even even the promo before the first episode it gives you like a little taste of what's to come and it's so dumb but the one about the uh what is the subway seat cushion just talking <laughs> about how you can see mm -hmm. someone's soul through the butt. <laughs> um, I, I'm just like, I love this already. This is so good. Because it's played straight. It's yeah, not... Well, and yeah, it's like, the dude, it's like, yeah, they play this super straight. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not campy or goofy mm -hmm. or a couple of dudes being silly. It's, it's like, he, he approaches this legit. And mm -hmm. it's it's so deadpan and perfect, and I I love yeah, it. It's great. Um, but yeah, so this other podcast right now, and I I haven't I can't speak to to the previous seasons or whatever, um, but it's called the Startup Podcast, and I just subscribed because they have the last three episodes, uh, technically four, um they've been doing a series on church planning. Oh, nice. And cause this is like a, it's kind of like a tech startup podcast where they follow like techs or entrepreneurial stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they're actually following around this dude who's playing near a church in Philadelphia. Um, so it's been a really interesting take on stuff that, um, as a believer, you know, we're sort of already aware of some of this, uh, some of that atmosphere and environment and it's, it's just been really really kind of uh really good really challenging um okay nice a, a real good kick in the pants I, I i would totally uh i don't agree with everything um i know i'm i mean and awing a lot and i'm i was actually just you know not to sound like a vain crazy person but one of the things i will be trying to do is not saying um and like and you know as much because I, I use them like commas yeah. <laughs> um there you go but i i can't it's i i don't want to fully endorse everything that the podcast says yeah. or but i just thought it was a really interesting idea it mm -hmm. was a really because I don't, I don't think that the guy who's following this church planning team, well, it's a, it's a, it's a pastor, and his wife, and and he, they're the primary uh, interviewees or whatever, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't think the guy who's following them around or interviewing them is a believer. So you're sort of getting this outside, outsider's perspective of what this can look like. And even even with the church planning, like, you know, 
Um, but it, it was just a really, it's, it's been really interesting. Like I said, he's on his third episode right now. I don't know how long it's going to keep going, but mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things I've been really uh, enjoying. I'm going to just sort of, like I said, I was in DC recently. Um, and I would just say for anybody who gets out there, uh, definitely check out some of the museums. I was telling Josh yeah. earlier, I went and checked out the museum which is that's n-e-w-s-e-u-m it's not a free one it's like 25 bucks to get in okay um, but it's it's all about print well press and print media and freedom of speech and stuff and listen i get it there's gonna be like worldview stuff and people are gonna do the whole fake news stuff but it's it was interesting again it's sort of i thought it was um good just sort of good to uh do yeah Um, yeah it's good to to see where we've come from too for sure to understand where we are and to to really understand too there's like there's a lot more history there than i think people are are aware of right And, and like how a free press really in some ways, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, the free press is like the reason we got America, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but the free press really did contribute to um, a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I would also, this, and it's, it's another podcast, um, it's called The Secrets of Productive People. It's like mm-hmm. this, it's from, uh, oh, I can't remember what outlet does it. It's one of those tech magazine things like wired or something yeah like wired kind of cool. deal um and again not a hundred percent endorsement but it's it's like because we are a time management productivity sort of podcast ish thing mm-hmm. it there there might be some things in in there that i think people would be interesting i thought the the one on sleep was was kind of neat to listen ah, to interesting so, that's because I don't think I get nearly enough. <laughs> but um, so that's that's all I've I've really got as far as like clo- closing thoughts or recommendations. Um, Sweet. All right. Well, um, yeah, I got nothing. So if you have something, we definitely have ways that you can contact us. Obviously, in the group on Facebook, we're the Backlog Book Club. Um, you can email us at the backlog breakdown at gmail.com. Um, or you can hit us up, you know, we, we've got Nintendo switch accounts. I don't know what they're called. Friend codes or whatever. Uh, <laughs> or you could just find us on Facebook, then add us through Nintendo switch because they don't know what they're doing. Um, we've got our PSN accounts, uh, all, all that fun stuff on GG. I'm Broccolope. B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E. That's the GG app. Check it out. It's good stuff. I'm Nate underscore McKeever on Twitter, Instagram, GG, PSN, all of it. Uh, you know, because I'm boring and I'm okay with that. It's consistent. <laughs> you are marketing your brand, sir. You know exactly what you're doing. Um, the last it- thing. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just saying on like my, my actual username is Nate underscore McKeever on Twitter, but it's, it's the one called Nader tots. There you go. Nader tots. <laughs> I like it. Cause I like tater tots. 
I like PA Nate. I dig it. Um, so any goals for our next episode? Um, the one goal that I didn't mention at all this past um, episode for the past two hours uh, is that is the scripture memorization, man. Oh, uh, because I've, I said I've been that I so hard on mine. Yeah, I said that I have the chapter. I don't know what I was talking about, man. Um, I've done another two or three verses. I was working on the third verse today. And um, I've realized that as you go farther along, it's actually more difficult because you still have to hold on to what you already have. And then you kind of extend it out even further. So it's been a lot slower going than I had expected. But... um, so so pros and cons man is that I'm still I'm still uh you know committed to more memorization but at the same time it's nowhere near where I thought it would be if that makes sense. So so some goals for the next episode um you know I'm not even sure with my book goals. I haven't thought about it very much. I'm going to continue playing Strange Journey on DS. Um I'm not quite sure what I'm going to play on console. You know, I bring up this whole goal thing and I don't even know what my goals are going to be, except to say well, that I do want a handful of verses more memorized for sure. I I, I would, you know, um, do you think you could hit five? Five more? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Let's go. It's, it's on the record. Let's he go. says he's going to hit five. Okay. I'm going to get to um, James 110. Let's do it. Uh, I will work on my first section of Galatians, um, or second second chapter, first second first section of the second chapter of Galatians. Um, yeah, I will make it a point to actually like get that sort of locked in. Uh, I think, like you know, just sort of coming back, I'm going to play Battle Chasers this week. I think that's between that and Division. Those are going to be like my big attention. Seekers, um, I'm just gonna pull up. I actually did like a little bit of cultivating and calling on GG. Ah, uh, nice. Sort of, I was actually pulling around in there. Um, let's see what let's see what I have right now. So on my playing list, I have Battle Chasers, uh, Tom Clancy's The Division, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon. Ooh. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition. It's it's like a retro sort of like it's not super hard. I I was a oh couple like like I think I've unlocked all the characters. It's like okay. it's got like a character switching yeah um, mechanic in it that's kind of neat. Um, so I've been playing that. It's it's not super hard, but I I was enjoying it. Uh, I've got Final Fantasy 15 the Pocket Edition, mm-hmm. which. It means I'm on my phone like a lot more than yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to like not be on my phone as much because I'm okay. not really good about that. Uh, I've got Metroid: Samus Returns. I still need to beat that on my DS. Okay, and I've got Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. And so I figure, okay, I'd like to knock a couple of those out. Um, like I said before, before I crack open um, Octopath Traveler, I definitely want to have Battle Chasers sort of uh, kicked and. At least done. Maybe not like hundred percent super completion platinum kind of level stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, just do a playthrough, beat it, be done. Um, as far as reading, I've got to get, I've got to sort of just, I've got to carve out the time to 
to hammer down on a good man is is hard to mm-hmm. find. And I think like the thing is like once I get into it, I'm really gonna love it. But it's it's kind of like like they get. I've been working on that that Tad Williams stuff for so long, and it's kind of like it's just this. It's a huge epic, and it's just like yeah, like, yeah. Well, I if if I can give a suggestion because it's split up into ten different stories. If you take one story at a time, um, it's a lot less daunting and it would actually give you some more time to kind of think over what that story was about. Word. My, my two cents. I'll, I, will, I will probably, that's, I'll tell you what, that's how I'll, I'll, I'll just chunk it off and 10 little sections and just sort of let it work on my brain. Nice. But, um, yeah. We'll so see. I guess uh, if you don't have anything else, no, I don't have anything else. You gonna you gonna take us out? Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for something to pop in, and nothing's popping up. So until next time, enjoy your backlogs, friends, and and mind your finances. Later. Bye. Bye.